So uh, I was looking for some really wise quotes from mothers to start off service this morning or to start my message, uh, but then I got distracted with just fun things on the internet. I don't know if you guys know, there's lots of just stupid fun things out there on the internet. You can waste an enormous amount of time. So I found this cartoon. I don't, some of you will remember family circus cartoons. They're kind of old now, but you have all these little children, and they're bringing their very valuable gifts to mom, and they think that they're really great and wonderful, and they're actually not. <laughs> but I think that moms appreciate it just like the kids want them to. Uh, the next one is a quote. It says, being a mom means kids banging on the bathroom door like SWAT, asking for a drink while you're in the shower. And dad is in the kitchen. (laughs) See, I've been around long enough to know which of these are close enough to home that they're actually funny. The next one is, when my kids act up in public, I've really said this before. So when my kids act up in public, I, I like to yell, wait till I tell your mom and pretend that they're not mine. That's pretty funny. The next one is motherhood, when your kids are wearing brand new clothes and you are wearing the same underwear you owned before they were born. (laughs) True. This is true. Yep. The, The last one is being a mother means that your heart is no longer yours. It wonders wherever your children do. Oh. That's true. And then they invented iPhones and find friends, and so now we can see exactly where our kids are at until they turn it off. Little punks. All right. We love our moms. This morning, I'm going to speak to you about mother's words. I did not, I don't remember conferring with my wife. Whenever she read her verse this morning, I'm like, oh my goodness. We were like on the same brain, brain wave this week. It happens every once in a great while. It's really cool. <coughs> Pardon me. In Proverbs 18, 21, it says, The tongue can bring death or life, and those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Words are powerful. They're also very memorable. Uh, We may joke about women having more words than men. You know, we've heard this. The statistics about about women have like 60,000 words a day, and men have like 10,000 words a day, right? So by the time we come home from work, we've already done our 10,000 words, and our wife... Our wives have not had anybody to talk to all day long. They've been saving up 60,000 words for you to come through the door. And they talk, and and then they say, well, he never talks back to me. Well, he's already used his words for the day. (laughs) But I have so much to tell him. You know, you know, know, because then at 9.30, 10 o'clock, you're laying your head on the pillow, and she's only about 35,000 words in. Anyway, we love women, too. We joke about women having more words than men, but the fact is, mothers, what you say to your children has consequences for both you and your children. Words are powerful, especially words that are spoken from a mother's mouth. I'm assuming that no matter how old you get, I mean, I can assume from the standpoint of being 45, that no matter how old you get, you still hear your mother's voice giving you instructions about life. Is that true? You know, doesn't matter what you're doing, you can hear your mom in your ear. Yeah. But the fact remains, sometimes, sometimes it's timeless advice that mom gave. It's invaluable advice. Sometimes, well, you just kind of forget it. But the fact remains that mother's words are very much part of what shapes us 
and a mother's words sets us on a, on a certain trajectory in life. A mother's words sets us on a trajectory. If she gives us wise words, we tend to listen to them, hear them, apply them, live a wise life. If she doesn't give us wise words, well, Diane talked about that earlier. So Solomon, in all of his wisdom, had something to say about mothers and their instruction. So we're going to look into our Bibles. Into, uh, first, we're going to look at Proverbs 1, and I'm going to read 1 through 4, but that's really setting up Proverbs 6. So turn in your Bibles to Proverbs 1. We're going to put it on the screen here in a minute anyway. And then, uh, I don't know if you can do it on a digital b- device, but put your thumb in chapter 6, because that's where we're headed. So Proverbs chapter 1, we're going to talk about, if you're looking at your bulletin notes, point number one is the purpose of a proverb. I like proverbs. Uh, I think I did a short series, or we, we taught from proverbs once upon a time. I like proverbs. It's just organized, difficult to just preach from. And so I don't, I don't know that I've ever done a series, but I really like Proverbs. You ought to read Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1 says, These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Now, remember back who Solomon was? God asked him, do you, what, do you, what do you want? He said he wanted wisdom more than anything. So, so God made Solomon the wisest man to ever live on the, on the earth. Verse 2, their purpose, the purpose of these Proverbs, is to teach people wisdom and discipline. That's why we should be reading these Proverbs, because they teach us wisdom and discipline to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Did you get your brain around all of that? There's a lot going on there. In a time when teenagers are eating Tide Pods and parents are voting for recreational drugs, oops, it seems to me that we are in desperate need of wisdom and discipline in our family. So, if the Proverbs are, are, are of the wisest man, if these Proverbs are from the wisest man who ever lived, if they offer wisdom and discipline, I, for one, am going to listen up. Through these Proverbs, Solomon promises to help us understand the insights of the wise. Do you ever want to... Have you ever watched somebody else's life who's very wise, who lives successfully, who does well, who has a great family? They just seem to be on the ball. Do you ever think, man, I just wish I could corner them for an hour and pick their brain? How have you constructed this successful life? Well, Solomon has given, this oppor- given us this opportunity to look into his life and to understand the insights of the wise. The purpose of these Proverbs is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help us do what is right, just, and fair. So, question. Is that what you desire for your children? Do you desire for them to live a disciplined and successful life? For them to do what is right and just and fair? Do you? Yes. Yes. It's not a trick question, I promise. Of course, we want our children to live a disciplined and successful lives. Uh, There are 
partly because uh, for me anyway, they are, they're my retirement plan. That's the fact of the matter is. I need my kids to be successful <laughs> because if Jesus doesn't come back by the time I'm about 65, I hope that they've done really well in life because I require a place to live and food and I like to eat. So uh, I want them to do well. I want them to do very well. Verse 4. Verse 4 has all of us covered in, in the need for Proverbs. He says, these Proverbs will give insight to the simple Knowledge and discernment to the young. So we have everybody covered, right? Solomon is speaking to all of those who are simple and all of those who are young. That includes all of us. Yeah? I, Larry, you get my joke. Nobody else gets it. They're, either that or they just don't have a sense of humor and think it's funny. All of the simple, all the young. I fall in the young category. I don't know about the rest of you guys. We're going to skip forward to Luke, uh, pardon me, to Luke. That's a whole different sermon. Uh, we're going to skip forward to Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20. And we're looking to see what Solomon has to say about a mother's instruction. So if you're taking notes there, number one, I haven't started yet. I'm just about to start. Number one, keep your mother's words with you. In Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20, he says, My son, obey your father's commands and don't neglect your mother's instructions. Keep their words always in your heart. Tie them around your neck. So Solomon admonishes us to keep our mother's words in our hearts. He says, tie them around your neck, which is not something that we would do in this time and culture, but would have made sense back then. The idea is to keep your mother's words close. Never let them leave your thoughts. Keep her words in your mind. Most mothers have been through some stuff in life, right? By the time you have kids, ladies, you've been through some, some stuff. We all know that if it was up to men to become pregnant, carry a child, and give birth, we would not have a world population problem. It ain't going to happen. So by the time you've carried a child for nine months, you've already gone through some stuff. Mothers, they have experienced some things in life. They know, partly, they know how life works. They understand firsthand how behaviors and attitudes are directly related. I'm going to back up because this is good. Mothers understand firsthand they've been there, they've done that, they've experienced these things. They understand how behaviors and attitudes are directly related to joy or misery in life. So keep their words close. They know what they're talking about. Mothers typically passionately desire to pass this wisdom on to their own children. Do you know why they want to pass this wisdom on to you? It's because they don't want you to make the same mistakes that they made. So they tell you, don't do this because it will cause you pain. Do do this because it will cause you joy. And you know what we do as young people, as children? Mom doesn't know what she's talking about. Solomon says, hold mother's words close. Don't let them leave your mind. She's been there. She's done it. Listen to her. She can point you in the right direction. Internalize your mother's words. There will come a day that her words will make your life much more easy when you recall them. Number two, 
Number two, your mother's words will guide you. Going on to the next verse in the text in, in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 22, he says, when you walk, when you walk, their counsel will lead you. When you sleep, they will protect you. And when you wake up, they will advise you. So Solomon kind of creates this poetic story. My wife. <laughs> Father, thank you for our mothers. Bless them today. Help them to have a nice lunch. Amen. That was pretty funny. All right. I would fire her, but I can't. <clears throat> I wouldn't fire her. There's only one Diane. Solomon, back to our text. He makes this kind of poetic picture for us. He says, when you walk, your mother's words will lead you. When you have to make decisions, which throughout life, as long as we live, we're going to have to make a decision here and there. We have to make decisions about our lives. When you have to make decisions, when you're moving and navigating through life, you ask yourself, what would my mother's advice be? What would she say? What are her words that resonate in my head? We need the direction of wise words before we make a decision, right? We need the direction of wise words before we make a mistake uh, because we don't want to have to bear the consequences of an unwise choice. So when we have to make decisions in life, we take a moment. What would mother say? Would she give us some good advice? What is that advice? Let's heed her advice. Let's make a wise decision, not make a bad decision and bear the consequences of it. When you sleep, your mother's words will protect you, Solomon says. When you have spent the day following wisdom, and I have to pause and think about that for a second. When you have spent the day following wisdom and making good decisions, you can lay your head down on your pillow with much less expectation of harm coming your way. You have to live the day wise, right? If you live the day like a fool, you go to bed and you think, oh man, what kind of trouble did I create today that I'm going to have to deal with tomorrow, right? Live today wise. Make each decision with wisdom. If you ignore wisdom, you go to bed not knowing for sure that something stupid you did earlier is not going to come back and bite you in the rear. I hope we didn't record that. There's a cycle of life. This is true. This is very true. There is a cycle of life when you follow good wisdom. You listen to wisdom. You make wise decisions. Life is generally good to you. You have a good reason to sleep peacefully. Did you follow that? You listen to good wisdom. You'll make good decisions. You generally have a good life. You generally have a good reason to go to bed and sleep peacefully. However, the opposite is equally true. If you don't listen to wisdom, you may need to sleep with one eye open. Diane alluded to this earlier. She preached my whole message in like three minutes. You guys are going to want her to preach more often, huh? Yeah, whenever your kids don't listen to your wise counsel, they go out and make unwise decisions, and then they live with lots of stress in their lives. 
Proverbs tells us. He goes on. When you wake up, when you wake up, your mother's words will advise you. So whenever I went through this, I'm thinking of all, some of the things that my mom uh, used to say to me and maybe still says to me from time to time. Eat a good breakfast, right? You wake up, got to have a good breakfast. Most important meal of the day, right? Eat a good breakfast. And we always ate breakfast together whenever I was a kid. Got to eat a good breakfast. Wear your jacket Make sure you take your jacket. Mom, it's like 80 degrees out. You need to take a jacket with you. Just wear your jacket. You might need it. Treat others the way that you want to be treated. Remember the golden rule. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Do the most difficult task first. Did your mom ever tell you that? My mom didn't tell me that. I just learned that along the way. Be honest, be on time to work and work hard, try your hardest, don't pick fights. I mean, that's just good things to start your day off with. Some of you start off your morning thinking, who can I pick a fight with? And then whenever you go to bed, you've had a stressful day. Well, duh, duh. It is possible that if, and I'm going to rephrase this as a question, is it possible that if we simply heed the advice of mom on these simple things, that life in general would just be easier. Would a lot of big problems be avoided just by remembering and applying mom's wisdom in the small things? Yeah. Before you even get out of bed, what would mom say about today? Would she say, would her advice be sleep in today or would it be let's get up early and work hard and make this the best day ever? Now, I think that you're thinking that I think that that's a black and white answer. But it kind of it just made, it reminds me of, of my childhood. And so I was raised a pastor's kid. And uh, you would think in a pastor's home that there would be this rigid, we go to church every single Sunday. You live absolutely perfect every single day. Of course, those of you who know me very well know that I probably wasn't raised that way. But you would kind of have the idea that in a pastor's home, there's some rigidness about going to church. But I remember, don't tell my mom that I told this story because she may not appreciate it. <laughs> there was Sundays that she said, we're not going to church. I said, mom, this is mother's advice, right? That's what we're talking about. Don't look over there. Just, just concentrate right here. <laughs> she said, we're not going to church today. She said, we'd ask mom, well, mom, you know, we're preacher's kids. Why would we not go to church? We have to go to church. If we don't go to church, we might go to hell tomorrow. I mean, that's kind of the environment we, the, anyway. Mom says, we're not going to church. Why are we not going to church? We're sick. <laughs> what are we sick of? We're just sick of going to church. And so my poor dad would have to go to church and preach and do service while the other five of us stayed at home. And sometimes we made a special meal. Most of the time we, we played games and we just had fun together. We just enjoyed things. You know, sometimes mothers have this great intuition when we need to take a break from, from what dads want to create as legalism. 
my mom, we're just not going to church. <laughs> and so, so I will confess to you that in the springtime, and I get up on Sunday morning and it's beautiful, I want to tell the kids, let's not go to church. <laughs> but I have to be here, so I make them all come to church anyway. All right. <clears throat> Diane never says, let's skip out of church. She's always ready to go. I'm the one that's a bad influence. Anyway, here we go. Some days, mom says, sleep in, enjoy the day. Other days, mom says, we got to get to work. Let's get after it. Mom has some wise words. In, in uh, Proverbs chapter 6, 23, here we go. He says, for their command is a lamp and their instruction a light. Does that seem familiar to you? Have you heard this before somewhere? Their corrective discipline is the way to life. Now, this proverb uh, is very similar to, to Psalm 119.105 that says, Your word, talking about scripture, your word is a lamp to, to guide my feet and a light for my path. The intention of this proverb that we're looking at today here in verse 23 is not to compare a mother's word to God's word, okay? So if you think that I'm just being sacrilegious, I'm not. In this context, in the words that he uses in Proverbs 6, 23, he is referring to a parent's verbal application. We're giving verbal instruction and application of God's written word to practical life situations. Get your brain around that. This parent, this mother, is taking God's word and saying, listen, kiddo, this is how God's word applies to your life. The idea here is that, if, is that your mother, if she was a believer, has lived the word of God and has applied the word of God to her own life. She's been successful sometimes and maybe not successful sometimes. So she understands how to apply God's word in just very practical situations. And so she gives verbally this practical application of God's word firsthand. So if she's been there and done that with God's word specifically, we as her children should listen to her. Listen to her words. They may prove helpful when we live our own lives and we need to apply God's word in our own lives. Does that make sense? Your mother's words may serve as a guide for applying God's word to your life in a way that will keep you on a life-giving trajectory. You don't have to be a pioneer of God's word, being a servant of God. You can follow in the footsteps of your God-fearing mother if you allow her words to be a light and to be a correction in your life. If you immediately build a wall and say, because we've kind of done this, uh, oh man, I'm getting in the deep end of the pool. There's, a, there's a, a school of thought that diminishes women and says, well, we don't have to listen to women. You know, we, in Christianity, we have promoted men as the leaders and women, pff, they don't know what they're talking about. And unfortunately, we've diminished the role of mothers. And so young people come up, I don't have to listen to mom, she doesn't know what she's talking about. That is not true. It's not what the scripture teaches. 
Listen to your God-fearing mother. She's been there. She's lived for God. So whenever she speaks to you, she has some life-giving instructions if you will listen and not just stonewall your mother. Now, I have spent some time challenging all of us who are children to listen to the words of our mothers. What about challenging the mothers to be aware of their own words? Number three, mothers, mind your words. So we're going to go back into history a little bit in Scripture. Before God sends Israel into the promised land, so he's delivered them from Egypt Uh, They've been 40 years in the desert. They're about to go into the promised land, and God is going to give the children of Israel very specific instructions, and he's going to tell them to pass these instructions along to their children. Well, if it was important for God to give the children of Israel these instructions for their children, it makes sense to me that this would be good instructions for mothers today to pass on to their children. I started to use uh, a portion of it, But as I went through it, I like it all, so I'm going to read it all. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1, he says, These are the commands, decrees, and regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. You must obey them in the land you are about to enter. He's talking about the promised land and occupy. And you and your children and your grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all these, all his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. That sounds good, right? Okay. Listen carefully, Israel, and be careful to obey. Then, then, verse 3 says, listen carefully and be careful to obey. Then, All will go well with you, and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. He says very specifically, listen closely and obey. Then all will go well with you. We should be listening. We should be listening. We should be obeying. Our culture has a problem with this. I'll just figure it out on my own. Oh, man, we can shortcut to good life by listening to those who have gone before us. That's true. Verse 4. So here's, here's where he starts giving some really good advice. This is the part I really wanted to use. All right? He says, listen, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. He's making a point of there is no other God except for the Lord our God. And you, verse 5, must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. This is the advice you need to pass on to your children, your grandchildren, and so on. Verse 6, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Repeat them. Here's what we should be talking about. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them on your hands and wear them on your forehead on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. What should mothers be talking about? What should the words of a mother be? 
they should be a constant reminder to commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands. Over and over, she should repeat the words of God to her children. Yeah, I had all the women on my side until I got to point three. Wait, we just can't nag and bug and fuss? No, no, those words are going to fall flat. When we repeat, when we recall the words of God and we share them with our children, now there's some wisdom being shared. Over and over, she should repeat the words of God to her children. Talk about them at home. When you're traveling, when you go, uh, when you go and when you get up, I'm, I'm thinking while I'm reading my notes. So a couple of things. We do soap. We introduce the idea of soap. It's an individual plan. However, you can do it with your family because soap is always age appropriate. If you have little kids, spend some time doing soap with your little kids in their little Bibles. It's no big deal. Take some time to teach them the format of how to read scripture, how to absorb it, how to think about it, how to apply it to their lives. You can start very young. Great family discussion. It's important. We did it with our kids. Do they like it? No. It's discipline. It's kind of like trying to get me to get up and go exercise. Ain't going to happen. <laughs> if there's a burrito, I'm up. We were laughing yesterday morning. We had men's breakfast. We were like, you don't get up early on Saturday morning unless you're going hunting, fishing, or to men's breakfast. And we'll get up early and go. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We have to create moments where we share God's word with our children. We have to. In the car is one of the places that, that my family finds to talk. And so whenever we get in the car together, this is part of the reason for going on long trips where we drive, is that mom and dad are in the front seat, the kids are in the back seat. Something will come up, and we have an opportunity where they can't get out of the car. Uh, at least safely, and we have the opportunity to talk to them about the things of God, and they have to kind of listen. But you as the parent, you as mom, have to make an intentional effort to bring up the things of God. Otherwise, you'll just always talk about the weather, sports, the other things that have no consequence to life. If you want your children to live a disciplined, successful life, if you want your children to live a life that ultimately brings glory to the kingdom of God and to God himself, you have to talk about the things of God's word. Amen, Brent. Yes, that's good preaching. Thank you. Good. Wow. Constant reminder to commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands. Uh I was just thinking, this morning I was thinking as I'm going through this, I have talked several times about our Sunday school curriculum because I'm very proud of our Sunday school curriculum getting our children through the scriptures um, as they come up in the church. Uh, we have fantastic teachers that apply the principles and, and tell these stories to the children. So we're, we're putting this biblical knowledge into them and we're doing our best to equip them and to prepare them for a life of living for the glory of God. We do everything that we can we are working hard and we are doing a good job. But do you know who really teaches your children the Bible stories? You do. 
When you tuck them in at night, you have a choice of what stories to tell them. You can tell them Bible stories that have spiritual consequences, or you can tell them other stories that have moral endings, have limited consequences. Do you know who reminds your children of biblical principles in that very moment that they actually need to be applied? It's not your Sunday school teacher who's going to come along your, your side of your child as a junior high kid and say, you remember we covered this in Sunday school. No, that's not the way it works. It's when they come home from school and they say, Mom, Dad, I, such and such happened today and I need some help. I need some wisdom. I don't know how to deal with this. Of course, they don't say it like that. It's that moment that you better know biblical principles. You better know the stories that they've been told from Scripture and you better know how to apply that to their lives and help them apply it to their lives so that they understand how the Word of God works. Your Sunday school teacher can never do that for you. They can give them the scriptures, but they're not going to apply them in that moment of need. It's what you do, moms. What words are in your mouth? What do you talk about? Do you know who they are? Uh, do you know who they are most likely to listen to? It may seem like, like they're not listening to your voice, but your voice, moms, is the one that is always going to be the one that they remember. Make sure that your words, make sure that your voice is bearing the eternal words of God. Sunday school teachers will never take the place of the words of God in the mouth of a mother. You should write that down. It's good. Mothers, mind your words. Your children will remember your words. Whenever you think that they're not listening, give them 10 years and they're going to surprise you and say, but one time mom told me, and you're going to go, oh. They're a genius. All this time I thought they were a dummy. <laughs> your words will guide them from time to time in life. Make sure that your words guide them toward life in God. Make sure that your words are a guide to the wisdom of God, not your own wisdom. Make sure that your words light your children's path to the Lord Jesus Christ. Mind your words. Do your best so that your words will train your child's heart toward Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4 that says, Listen, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Mothers, your responsibility in the words that you speak, point your children's hearts toward the fact that there is one God, one Lord, the Lord God alone. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Without, expect, without exception, the most important words you will ever speak to your child are the words that point them to a right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Words that point them to love the Lord their God with all of their heart and with all their soul and with all their strength. Mothers, your words hold the power of life and death. Be mindful of your words. Put a lot of pressure on you guys this morning, didn't I? I would like all of our mothers to stand. And yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and embarrass you because I'm going to give you a gift. So I figure I've earned it. 
Diane has prepared gifts for all of the ladies. I would like, I would like to do this in somewhat of an orderly fashion. I'll tell you exactly what I'm going to do so that I don't embarrass you or surprise you. I'm going to have all the ladies eventually come down. But I would like those who have, who have a baby less than a year old, would you come to the front? I'm not, we're not going to do any weird. I'm just going to do anything weird. Just come to the front. Uh, and then I'm going to have the next group of ladies come. Dixie's coming slowly. Or Kai, she's in no rush. Christine. Yes, these are our new moms. It's fun to have them. Yes, come on down here. You guys can face me so that you don't have to look at them. No, you don't have to bring your baby. No. Come on down. Those mothers who have children less than five years old, would you come to the front? Just come down here. We're just going to pray for you, and then you're going to take a gift here in a minute. Less than five years old. Good job. So proud of all of our young moms. So we talk about how many children we have, but then we get all the moms up here, and it's like, oh, my goodness. It's no wonder we have so many little kids. All of those who have kids less than 12 years old. Less than 12 years old. Less than 12 years old. Oh, these people need a special hand clap because they're coming into the difficult years. All of those who have, a, have children less than 18. Less than 18. That's me. Oh, I'm not a mom, though. Less than 18. Yes. Oh, special prayers for these folks with teenagers. All right, moms, mothers who have children less than 100. That's the big group. Moms, come to the front. Amen. Bless our mothers. We love them. We appreciate you. We appreciate the words that you've spoken into our lives over, over the life, over all the years of our lives. What a great looking bunch of ladies. Man, there's not enough men out there. Something's wrong. <laughs> Seems like all the guys brought two, they brought their wives and their moms this morning. All right. Let's bow our heads together. I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask God's blessing on you ladies. Whenever I say amen, you can uh, help yourself to, uh, to one of these gifts here at the front. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for, we thank you for our church family that we get to come together and we celebrate together. We celebrate the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, today we have a it's just a special occasion to recognize the incredible influence that mothers have on us. Lord, we just, we're grateful. We're grateful that you put godly women in our lives to mold our lives, to shape our lives, that their words are a light to us, to point us towards a life that glorifies you. Lord, I thank you for all of these moms today. And I ask, I ask that by your Holy Spirit, you would bless them, bless them every day as they work hard to serve their families. Lord, I pray that you would bless them as they work to encourage husbands and children as they go through life. Father, I pray that you would give your words in their mouths as they speak to their children, as they speak to their family. God, that you would give them words that have eternal significance. Father, that the, these words plant seeds of your glory in the lives of their children. Father, I just ask your Holy Spirit to, to always be present in their lives. Give them strength. Give them encouragement. Give them your words as they go out and raise children for your glory. 
Father, we just love you. We thank you for our mothers. Be with them today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.